We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. The Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible, presented by Broadway Sports, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Please check out broadwaysportsmedia.com, because today we are going to get into the Titans canceling their Thursday practice, what it means, why it's important. And just right off the bat, before I even introduce myself or my co-host, I just want to say, if you're tuning into this podcast as someone who doesn't understand or doesn't support what the players did today in their decision today being Thursday the 27th in their decision to not practice to show solidarity for the other professional sports that uh, boycotted professional games on Wednesday and Thursday then I would love for you to please stay tuned in because our goal tonight is not going to be to attack anyone for their opinions I think everyone's opinion deserves to be heard and respected even if I don't agree with it Our goal tonight is going to be to try to explain a little bit where the players are coming from, why they feel they had to do what they did, why we support their actions. And at the end of it, if you still don't agree, that's fine. Hopefully, though, you can gain a little bit of understanding about a perspective you may not have had before. And after we go through all this uh, uncomfortable political stuff, we will talk about the Titans. We'll talk about Will Compton. The boy has returned to the team. Running back Jeremy McNichols has also been signed by the Titans. The safety that they signed, Walt Aikens, did not, I guess, pass his physical. So that that signing fell through, or maybe it was something else. But that signing fell through, so that was falsely reported. Anyway, we'll get into all that. Before we do, let me introduce myself. I am Justin Graver. You can find me on Twitter, at Titans Film Room. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Mello. How are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, doing doing as well as I can be, you know, given uh, given the climate right now. Um, yeah, you know, just obviously always, always happy to be here with you um, and, and having a discussion. And speaking of being here with you, with me, having a discussion is kind of the whole point of today, right? Is that you and I have a podcast and, you know, it's not a big platform but it's a it's at least a platform that exists and i personally feel that if we didn't use this time that we have to at least mention these societal issues that we're facing as a country that you up in canada get to look down and watch us face as a country in america then you know we're part of the problem and i don't want to be part of the problem i want to be part of the solution so today we're going to talk about it now when it comes to being part of the problem versus being part of the solution i think there's a lot of people that that say this is lip service or this is uh what what's the word everyone posturing post what's the freaking big word everyone uses to say like this doesn't actually mean anything posturing is that it I think, I think so um maybe you don't include that <laughs> <laughs> um i just think that it's not you know it is important that we're talking about this just because you and i aren't making quote unquote change happen tonight on our podcast doesn't make this a not worthwhile discussion to have. I think it's a discussion every family should be having. P- 
people in different friend groups should be having this discussion. You should be talking about things that, I mean, these, this is an uncomfortable subject because it's political and it's race related and those things make people uncomfortable. But the, the fact is, if we want to see real progress in this country, it starts with a conversation. It starts with the Milwaukee Bucks not coming out for tip-off in game five against the Orlando Magic as a boycott, not just of the Jacob Blake shooting, but of the systemic oppression of black people and, and minorities in this country. And again, if, if you haven't seen systemic oppression in your day-to-day life, consider yourself lucky. I personally grew up as a white boy in a suburban neighborhood that was pretty, you know, protected in a little bubble. And my perspective was that, I mean, I grew up in schools learning that racism was a thing of the past and that America conquered racism with the civil rights movements of the 50s and 60s. And I do think that we made extremely great progress as a country in in terms of getting closer to equality, but we got closer. I don't even know that we're close yet. When you look at, I mean, there's some really good documentaries out there that you that people could use to educate themselves. I think um, 13th, is that what it's called? Ava DuVernay's documentary? I believe so, yes. Is a really good place to start about how the, um, the prison system and the justice, criminal justice system has served as a way for rich people to get richer and minorities to be incarcerated. And I just want to say, if you haven't seen it in your day-to-day life, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So on the heels of the Bucks boycotting their playoff game, the rest of the NBA games on Wednesday night were boycotted. The NBA said postponed, but the players said we are boycotting. Um, most of the MLS games were boycotted. The uh, Nashville game actually was not because they weren't aware of the boycotts happening, so they played on. And then in their post-game press conference, talked extensively about why the soccer game takes a back seat tonight. And Ben Wright wrote a really good piece on that for broadwaysportsmedia.com. I strongly encourage you to check out. All of that leads me to Thursday morning, where we started getting reports that some teams were considering not having practiced on Thursday. And then we got a report that the Titans were one of those teams. And I didn't get the final count on how many teams didn't practice, but I saw at one point this morning, it was seven teams that didn't practice. And of course, the Titans were one of those teams. And not only did the Titans not practice, but According to the players and the coaches, they had Mike Vrabel met with a a group of player leadership this morning, early this morning, to feel out how they were feeling about everything that happened on Wednesday night and how they felt about practicing. Mike Vrabel even said, like, we play a a physical, violent game. If we have something hanging over our heads while we're out there, that's a recipe for people to get hurt. So I wanted to make sure, I wanted to see where everyone's head was at before we got out there on the field today and finding out that my players' heads were not fully into football today. I thought this was the best use of our day. And he even said like, we didn't have a great football practice or whatever, but we made great progress as a football team or something, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. Anyway, all this leads me to the statement Kevin Byard and Ryan Tannehill gave together with their entire team standing behind them, a real powerful show of unity And Kevin Byard even said it wasn't prepared. I'm going to play it here now. If you've already listened to it, it's about three minutes long, three and a half minutes long. I encourage you to listen to it again. I've listened to it about four or five times today. I mean, knowing we were going to talk about it, obviously, I wanted to be very informed. But I also think that 
every time I listen to it, I, I catch a different bit of emotion or, or a, a poignant thing that I missed another time listening through. So I'm going to play it now. And I just want to encourage everyone to, to listen to it again. If you're really well versed in it, you can skip ahead three and a half minutes. But here is Kevin Byard and Ryan Tannehill's statement this morning. Good afternoon. As I woke up this morning and headed to the facility at 6 a.m. this morning, I was prepared to go to practice. But as we started, we had a team meeting this morning, first as a leadership with Mike Vrabel, and we had a lot of powerful discussions. Guys spilled out their emotions, guys teared up, and we had a lot of constructive conversation. But as we went to our team meeting as with the entire team, we felt as players and as an entire organization that it was right to not practice today. We feel that with all the recent events that's happened in our country, not only just this year, not only the past year, but the past hundreds of years, we decided that it's time to take a stand today. And we feel that with this moment right here and today, with my brother Ryan standing next to me and all my brothers standing behind me, we wanted to show solidarity and be unified and to say that we're tired. We're sick and tired of seeing the things that's been going on on social media for the entertainment seeing our black brothers and sisters be murdered by police like it's nothing. And I feel like it's time for a change. And as I sit here and try to gather my thoughts, this is not a prepared statement. I didn't have time to prepare a statement. I'm coming to you and I'm talking from the heart. I just had a son just Sunday. I have a one-year-old daughter and I have no clue or what I'm gonna tell them, or what kind of world that they're gonna grow up in in this country. And I'm begging and pleading for the, to the powers that may be to please, please, we're crying, spilling my heart out to say that we need change and we need change as soon as possible. Thank you. Like Kevin said, we had a powerful conversation this morning. Um, guys spilling their hearts out and really um, hearing different perspectives on experiences, on viewpoints, and as a team, we felt like it's important that we stand up here together, united, that though we may be from different backgrounds, from different situations, been through different experiences, we're together and support each other throughout this whole year. Like Kevin said, these systematic oppressions have been going on for a long time. Hundreds of years, this country was founded uh, upon racist ideas. Um, with, with slaves being brought here uh, from, from the day of foundation. And those ideas have, have persisted throughout the last hundreds of years, and it's going to take time uh, until we can get those all out. But we're tired of it. We're tired of dealing with um, the systematic oppression. We're tired of dealing with excessive force. We're tired of seeing black men and women die in situations where they should be walking home and spending the night with their families. It's sickening, and there's really uh, <clears throat> it's sickening uh, to, to just know that they have to worry about their kids coming home at night. I have two young kids that because of the color of their skin, I never have to worry about if they get pulled over by a police officer, if they're going to make it out of that interaction alive. And that's a sick fact of the world that we're living in. So we stand up here together, united, demanding change, that there's equality and justice for all those situations. Thank you. So that's the statement. I'll turn it over to you for, uh, for whatever you felt your initial reaction when you saw that this morning. 
Yeah, I mean, my initial reaction um, was that I was just incredibly proud, you know, of this organization and um, of, of these players for showing the unity that they did um, and the bravery that they did, you know, full well knowing um, that unfortunately it, it may not be the most popular thing they could do. Um, you know, certainly, obviously, I mean, if you've been on Facebook or you've been on Instagram or you've been on Twitter, you can just scroll through the comments, um, the replies to the post, and you, you'll see what I mean. That, and I'm obviously not accusing everybody of feeling that way, but uh, certainly it, it seemed to anger a portion of the fan base, or their actions did. Um, my initial reaction, truthfully, like I said, um, I was proud of the bravery, of, of the courage, of the strength, and of the unity that they showed as an organization. I actually exchanged um, some, some, and I haven't told you this, but I did exchange some text messages with several uh, members of the team um, after that. And I just kind of, you know, simple. I didn't want to, you know, bother them or take their time, but I just sent them a message saying that I was proud of them. And, um, and I got a lot of great replies from a lot of players on the team, just, you know, thanking me for even saying that kind of thing or, or, you know, you know, being willing to realize their efforts. So, uh, that was truly my only initial my reaction, and I was just I was very proud of them um, to to see the stance that they were willing to take. I totally agree, and there's a couple points there I really want to focus on to the fan base, to all those people that you just mentioned who were so upset by this show of support and unity for Black America that the players showed today. Is the first one is Kevin Byard said. This isn't about this year or last year. This is about hundreds of years. And it's just time. And it's past time. It's way past time. And I know there's some people when George Floyd was murdered by police back in May and we had a big uproar about it, nothing happened. Where are we? Here we are. Five months later, four months later, we're facing the same, another, it's another, I mean, this is my thing is, Kevin Byard is talking about this happening in America for hundreds of years. He's not talking about Jacob Blake being shot seven times in the back, which, by the way, whether or not Jacob Blake is a criminal, do you think he deserves to be killed in the street? Now, I know he was, he survived, thank God. I digress because I think that that is a, a point that people are missing. But the larger point that people are missing is to me, it's turning into a distraction from the main issue. Is like, people are saying like, I can't believe the players support a, a sex offender, or a, a rapist, or which I, I think Jacob Blake was has charges of third degree sexual assault on his record, which obviously, you don't support that. Nobody's supporting that. We're talking about the systemic oppression here. This is much larger than one shooting that should not have happened that I, even if you believe, was justified because of his background, because he was going into his car, because he may or may not have had a knife. It's not about that. It's about the larger issue. So I would just urge everyone to put the distraction aside and focus on the systemic oppression of minorities in our country. It's to me this similar to the flag issue. When people were kneeling during the national anthem back in 2016 when Colin Kaepernick first started, all the way up until last season it was happening, all the way up through George Floyd with the NBA taking up the, the cause 
over the you know the last few months, last few weeks, I guess, is this idea that like they are disrespecting the military or disrespecting the country or disrespecting the flag. And it's not about that. The same thing here. It's not about whether or not you support the use of deadly force against a criminal who is fleeing into his car or whatever is happening. It's about the, the way our country is set up, the way our police force is set up and taught to use deadly force in those situations when they should subdue in other ways. And again, Justin and I are not here to solve all the problems tonight. We're here to talk about them. We're here to start conversations. And that's what happened when the Milwaukee Bucks didn't go out for tip-off because, and I know there's some people who I highly respect who said that they don't really know what that accomplishes, right? Or what's the real purpose here if you're just going to get back and play again in a few days? Well, this is what it accomplished. We're talking about it right now. Everyone is talking about it right now. So kudos to the players. Like you said, so proud of them. And on that topic, it's not just grandstanding. It's not just lip service. The Titans have an actionable plan for their own community. The Zoom with the Titan program is an amazing idea. The Titans are going to be trying to reach out to the children of Tennessee and they are going to be crafting talking points for upcoming discussions with elected officials. They are going to make sure every player on the team votes, every coach and every staff member votes on election day. These are real things. Now, if you can read way more about this, by the way, John Glennon wrote a fantastic piece for our site yeah. today, broadwaysportsmedia.com. It's called, Wondering What Was Gained by Titans Canceling One Practice? Pull up a chair. I highly encourage everyone to go read that. We made it free for all. You do not have to be a premium member, although you still should be. You do not have to be a premium member to read this piece. It's pretty powerful. Really nice job by John Glennon. And one more piece of writing that went out today I want to I mention is Joe Rex Rhodes. Yeah. And this is also commenting to you, Justin, on what you just said about all the Facebook comments you saw and Instagram comments and things like that is Joe Rexford said, Titans fans should be proud of your team today. Like you just said, proud. I tweeted it earlier too. Proud to root for this team because they care. They recognize their platform and they care about making change. They're not content to just make a paycheck and not worry about the problems that our country faces. So anyway, I'll, I'll go to you. I'm just rambling at this point. But my point is like, try not to focus on the little things that distract from the major issues at hand. Because if we just keep getting caught up in the, those little distractions, we're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me personally, I, I'm not here to, you know, attack anybody's political beliefs. Like you said, that's not what this is about. And I've always been adamant. And I, I've said this to you. In private conversation off the air, I'm not going to pretend that I have the answers. You know, I, I wish I did, but I don't. Right. And I'm not going to pretend like I have the answers to solve, you know, problems that are so unfortunately deeply rooted. Um, all you know, all I can say is I, I encourage everybody to just open your ears, open your hearts um, and, and show compassion. Right. For for fellow human life, because. Human life, at, at the end of the day, th that's what this is about, right? Equality and human life. And human life is so incredibly precious that we, we have to take it. We have to take every situation like this seriously. And we have to find a way to bring change, as you mentioned. And, and, and I'm proud 
of the organization for trying to inspire that change. And I do agree with you that I think the big thing here is is actual, you know, is, is act, you know, they're taking action, right? Because I, I do believe that two of the things that they are doing that I, I personally think can truly inspire change in the future is a, of course, is encouraging everybody to vote. You have a lot more power than you think, right? Especially when it comes to local governments. That's Get out the key. there. That's the key, right? Get out there and vote, especially with your local government. A lot of people say their vote doesn't count in the grand scheme of things, you know, and maybe you feel that way when you're voting for the president of your country. But when it comes to, you know, voting for, you know, elected officials and people in your local government, you absolutely do have power. Yeah. So, A, what the Titans said about, you know, making sure that all players are registered to vote, I think that's great. And B, it is trying to, you know, connect with the children, right, in, in the local community um, and, and trying to have these important discussions with them. Because I, I do believe that, you know, unfortunately, as badly as things need to change, change, you know, this large on this kind of scale does not happen overnight, right? That's just the reality of this situation. Change is not going to happen overnight. Um, and, and I do think it's important that we... That the you know people who have the platform that the Titans have do reach out to their community and do reach out to children um, and give young adults that opportunity right to have these discussions with them. So proud to see that they're actually you know taking action and not just making a broad statement. Because like I said, while I I absolutely do not have the answers, I do think that voting A and B having these important discussions with children and young adults. Um, can go a long way in, in bringing the change that we want or not, that, that we need, really. Yeah. And, and on that note, to further add to the change thing, the, the Baltimore Ravens official team account put out a really nice statement today. Adam Schefter said that one of his bosses called it the best statement he's ever seen from a professional sports team. Um, and I'm just going to read some of the things that they suggested. They, this is in their statement. Though we cannot right all the wrongs of our country's history, we can arrest and charge the police officers responsible for Breonna Taylor's killing and the shooting of Jacob Blake, demand that Senator Mitch McConnell bring the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor for a vote, which would end qualified immunity, require all police to wear body cameras, ban chokeholds, ban no-knock warrants, hold police accountable in court, establish a framework to prohibit racial profiling at federal, state, and local levels. These are real ideas that could be enacted. So to all the people who say, well, what, what do you suggest? What is the change? Give me an idea. These are ideas. And like you just said, it's not an overnight process. It takes a long time. It started, I mean, it started, I don't know when it started. I would say our most recent bout of civil activism that is long overdue Started in 2016 with Colin Kaepernick, right? Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the national anthem to protest police brutality. Nothing happened. A lot of people got upset about him protesting because, again, back to the distraction thing, because it was unpatriotic to criticize America or unpatriotic to kneel during the national anthem or disrespectful to our military who fights for our right to have free speech. I digress. The players in the Milwaukee Bucks realized that kneeling for the national anthem was not getting enough attention, right? They did it for four years. We're still here. So they took another step. They said, we're not playing this game. Maybe you can talk more about it now. 
maybe we can bring more attention and restart the conversation that for whatever reason isn't still ongoing like it should be. So that brings me to my second point, sort of. I said something in there about how criticizing America doesn't make you unpatriotic. I mentioned earlier, I had two big points in that video I wanted to address. It covered my Kevin Byard point. The second one is Ryan Tannehill saying that we live in a country, not you, Justin, in Canada, but we live in a country that was founded on racist ideas. And that has been somewhat of a controversial statement for people today because, yes, America was founded on the principle that all men are created equal, principles of free speech, right to, to practice the religion you want to practice and say the things you want to say and write the things you want to write. But unfortunately, that's not the, those aren't the principles that we actually carried out our country's beginnings with. We enslaved, we, the people who came to America first were not the people who control America now. America was taken from Native Americans. Then people were enslaved. People of another race were enslaved and brought here against their will and forced to be here for hundreds of years. Like, it's not a controversial thing to say that America has a, a pretty disgusting history. To say that I want to make America better than it is, is because I love America. I don't want to just, it's, I'm not a, into the, if you don't like it, you can leave mentality because I don't want to leave. I want to make this country better. I want to make, I want everyone who lives here, who grows up here to feel like an equal whole human person. And that's not how people feel right now. People feel marginalized. When I say people, minorities, black people feel my, feel marginalized by the way they're treated by the systems in our country. So Mike Herndon at Mike Miracles tweeted this literally minutes ago as we record this on Thursday evening. Because uh, Miami, I think uh, Miami Herald, maybe Miami somebody reporter. Miami Herald. Um, yeah, Miami Herald columnist Armando Salguro had a, a doozy of a bad tweet saying that he is so sick of the America bashing by people who have never lived and would never live anywhere else after Ryan Tannehill said that the United States was founded on racist ideas. And you might agree with Armando. And if you do, allow me to try to explain why it's okay to bash America. And I'm just going to read Mike's tweet. It's not America bashing to recognize our flawed history and strive for a better tomorrow. In fact, I'd say that's patriotism at its finest. Amen, Mike. Amen. So those are my two big takeaways here is that this is important. We're at an inflection point and that it's okay to have these conversations without focusing on the little details and the little distractions that actually prevent anything from moving forward. So I would just, like you said, encourage everyone to have conversations with people with an open mind and stop making defense and attacking, like being defensive of your opinions and attacking people for theirs. That's not constructive in any way at all. So I don't have a whole lot else to say about this. I think we covered the topic pretty well. Um, but if you want to close it out with any final thoughts on again, why we're so proud of this Titans team for, what, for their actions on Thursday. Yeah, I would just reiterate that I think Mike, as you said, nailed it on the head, right? I think, um, I don't think it's unpatriotic to say we, 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 we can be better 
and we want to be better. Right. So I, I don't really, un, you know, understand the concept of thinking that that's unpatriotic. Um, as you obviously mentioned, I'm Canadian. Maybe I don't get it. I, I don't know. But um, I, I don't I don't think it's unpatriotic to say that we can be better or we can do better. So with that, get out, vote in your local elections. The local elections matter. They really, really matter. Sometimes local elections and uh, Mike, Michael Gilliam, a.k.a. Mr. Lebowski, pointed this out to us today in a group chat that a lot of times local elections are decided by 50 to 100 votes. I mean, you don't think your vote matters in that scenario. It certainly does. So read up on the local policies and go out and vote. That way you can actually have a play a part. It's democracy, right? We're all supposed to play a part. All right. Well, let's move on now and talk about some things that happened since our last recording. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, Will Compton has signed to return to the team. What do you make of the boys' return? Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know what I mean? Never in a million years that I think the Titans would bring Will Compton back. But it's it's obviously a great story. Um, people are super excited. I mean, look, let's be honest. People are as excited about this as can be right, for like a, a backup slash special teams player. And I mean, no disrespect when I say that, right? I'm a, I'm a big Will Compton guy. I'm a big busting with the boys uh, guy. I think it's amazing that they brought him back. It's such a feel-good story, obviously, you know, such a feel-good story. And um, I'm sure Taylor Lewan is beyond excited. And, um, you know, for, for anybody who thinks they brought Will Compton back out of any other reason than they think he can contribute to this football team, I mean, to me, that's an absolute crazy take to have. Um, look, we've talked about it on past episodes. Familiarity, continuity is going to be bigger this year than ever before, ever. With, with COVID-19 and, and the suspension of preseason games and just the whole weird offseason that we have, continuity and familiarity is going to be so important. No, of course, Will Compton didn't play on the 2019 Titans, but he did play on the 2018 Titans for Mike Vrabel um, in this defensive system. Yes, Dean Pease is gone, but of course, you know, the system remains intact. The special team coach um, is, you know, is, is Craig Ackerman, so Ackerman will be familiar with them. Um, I think it's a good signing, right, from that perspective. I think, obviously, they lost two inside linebackers in Wesley Woodyard and Darren Bates. Now, yeah, they lost those guys seemingly by choice, right? They, they could have absolutely afforded to re-sign uh, if, in one, if not both of those guys, and they chose not to um, for, for whatever reasons. But I think we'll, you know, bringing Will Compton in um, certainly probably makes sense from a replacing Darren Bates' perspective, right? Darren Bates was a great special teams player. Will Compton is a great special teams player. And, and, and Comp can actually play a little bit, right? Like, who, 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 who are we kidding? You know, if Comp needs to get on the field, um, you know, for a couple snaps a game, I think that probably is better for you, truthfully, than, than Darren Bates getting on the field for a couple snaps a game. So yeah, he was uh, a major signing... part of their defense in Oakland, or yeah, in Oakland right. last year. Exactly. I mean, Gruden was very complimentary. Um, you know, Coach John Gruden uh, was very complimentary of Compton the entire time he was there uh, in, in Oakland last year. Of course, now the Vegas Raiders. But um, you know, again, I think it makes sense from multiple perspectives, and um, certainly this team got better on special teams. Uh, and it never hurts to have a familiar face um, in the building, someone who knows the system. Yep, nothing to add there. You pretty much summed it up perfectly. I think that that is, that is it, the, the familiarity there. When you lose two guys you were very familiar with, now you can bring someone else in who's very familiar. I'm not going to read into this the way that Paul Kaharski re read into it, where he was 
kind of complaining that the there aren't any undrafted backup linebackers to take over the the role that they just signed Will Compton. I mean, I don't want a first year rookie undrafted player in this offseason to have to come in and be relied upon by any. It's, I mean, you know what I mean? See, like that's it's such a, it's such a bit of an odd stance to me because while I can understand where he's coming from. Yes, maybe ideally, you know, your back end roster guys are maybe a little younger. Maybe you drafted them on day three. Maybe they're UDFA, whatever. I can respect that. But at the same time, it's almost a little ironic to me because this linebacker group is one of the strengths of this team. And you got Jayon Brown on day three and you got David Long on day three. So John Robinson has drafted, I think, two very good contributors, two very good linebackers on day three. So I'm certainly not going to complain that maybe there isn't a third inside. You're only going to keep five of them, you know, realistically, yeah. most likely. So, I mean, I, I don't know what you want here. Do we want all of the inside linebackers to be UDFAs or <laughs> day three guys? I don't really get it. And, and on that same note, you know, it's not like there aren't, UDFAs or late round picks contributing right. on special teams. You got Dane Crookshank, their day three pick, who's a major special teamer. Josh Kalu was signed last year as a UDFA, had a game winning block against the Colts. Uh, or is that right? Yeah, Colts or Chiefs, one of the two. Um, <laughs> and then you have um, Kareem Moore's undrafted special team. Like there's there's a ton of undrafted special teams. And, and in the past, too, about. right? D- David Fluellen was a great. Special undrafted special teamer yeah so anyway will compton welcome back to nashville look forward to getting you on the podcast at some point right right probably absolutely we we definitely got to have comp on here one other guy that was brought back to the titans who spent a previous time with the team is running back jeremy mcnichols who was actually drafted by the tampa bay buccaneers when john robinson was the bucks director of player personnel so he will be familiar with him McNichols, of course, spent the 2019 training camp and preseason with the Titans. And I think a lot of people thought he was going to make it as the number three running back. And it ended up being Dalen Dawkins, I think, instead. Uh, Dawkins, of course, released earlier last week or end of last week. So they're turning that back into the running back room. And Vrabel said something interesting in a press conference. And, and Cameron um, Scarlett was released as well, right? Uh, a UDFA right, running a, a UDFA back they brought back. in. So. They've changed uh, that room quite a bit as of late. Yeah, and and I think it has to do with what Mike Vrabel said at a recent press conference or Zoom media, whatever you call it these days, where he said that, you know, we're just trying to work out different guys. We've been working with the same guys for two or three weeks now. We want to get some other guys in here. You know, if you think about it, they are used to having 90 guys in at this point to evaluate. So maybe maybe they do just want to see some different guys. And who knows, maybe Dalen Dawkins, who they spent over a year with, will be brought back and added to the practice squad. I mean, I'm not saying that's a likely scenario but it's not out of the question either so who knows how these signings will actually play out I I don't think Jeremy McNichols makes the team I do think Will Compton makes the team I do think they had a UDFA linebacker that could have made the team if they didn't want to sign Will Compton in Kale Garrett but then that's what I'm saying you're relying on a rookie undrafted free agent guy to be a key special teamer like doesn't seem like a recipe for success in this COVID offseason so these two guys back back to the Titans who knows where they go from here but Those are the moves that have happened this week. One move that did not happen this week, Jadeveon Clowney. I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about Clowney again. Although the latest latest on Clowney is that he believes a team will become desperate enough sometime in the next two weeks 
to come up to his asking price. So I, I remain convinced that that will not happen and convinced that at some point he'll be a Titan, probably like Labor Day weekend. Uh, but we'll talk about that when it happens because as we sit here recording this, on when Thursday, August 27th, as we'll we sit here recording when this, when he happens, it says, on August 27th, we are exactly two weeks from the Kansas City Chiefs kicking off against the Houston Texans to start our 2020 football season. Can you believe it's that close? Which is two, which, two podcasts from now, we're going to be previewing the Titans Broncos game. Are you ready which for is, that? Which is very exciting to me. Very exciting. Obviously, I, I love the game. Um, and I'm excited that we're this close. I, no, I, I can't believe it. So, you know, obviously, this has been a very serious podcast, a very heavy podcast, and rightfully so. Um, but definitely, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for the return of football. Amen. And thank you guys if you've stuck through with us for, like you said, this uh, this more serious episode of the Music City Audible. We did have to call an audible here for this episode to talk about everything that's happening because it just, like the uh, like the Nashville SC de- player Dax McCarty said when he stepped up to the podium last night, you know, it just like takes the sports take a back seat right now. It just doesn't feel right to to not talk Dax. about what's happening in our society. So. Dax McCarty is, is, I have to say, just because you said his name, is one of the most intelligent um, athletes I've ever had a chance to share a conversation with. So a few weeks ago, Ben Wright of Broadway Sports Media and Speedway, you know, Speedway Soccer, um, me and Ben collaborated on an interview with Dax. It was the first time, first time I've ever interviewed a soccer player. As you may or may not know, I've interviewed about close to 500 NFL players, never interviewed a soccer player. I am a big soccer fan in my personal life. That may shock a lot of people, but I've been a huge soccer fan ever since I was a child. It is deeply rooted um, in my blood. My entire family are huge soccer fans. Uh, As you know, I'm Canadian, but I am uh, Canadian Portuguese and um, Portuguese community here here in Canada is quite large. and, And I grew up a huge soccer fan. It's my second favorite sport after football, um, uh, personally. So I'm a big soccer guy. So it was very cool uh, for me to dip my toes into that world and interview a soccer player because I do understand the game at a high level. Um, and and collaborating with Ben on that Dax McCarty interview was incredibly cool. If you haven't read that yet, head over to Broadway Sports Media and find that. But just because you said Dax McCarty, I was blown away by Dax, man. Shout out to Dax, one of the most intelligent athletes I've ever had a conversation with. Yeah, I think Nashville is lucky to have him as a pro athlete in this city. So kudos to him again, kudos to the Titans and and all the professional athletes out there who are using their platform to help enact positive change. And on that note, we will end our podcast tonight. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search Music City Audible. Hit us up with that little subscribe button. Leave us a little five-star rating. Those are things that help us grow the show. And tell a friend, tell a friend you enjoyed listening to the Music City Audible because Justin and Justin have a lot of cool stuff to say about the Titans. All right, that'll do it. Follow Justin at Justin M underscore NFL. I am, of course, at Titans Film Room. We will probably not be this political again anytime soon, but if we do, that's because we called a Music City Audible. A Broadway Sports Media Production.